John or Bob or Rich or Buonasera Felimanisti and welcome to the MLM podcast with me your host Max Lombardia and today I'm joined again by a very special host Dil Gino. Hello Gino. Hello Max. Hi everybody. Awesome to have you back. Um, great reception last time. The most viewed pod I have is last time's pod. So everyone, it obviously went down very well. So thank it... you very much for your opinions and comments. <laughs> I'm glad that there has not been uh, any uh, culture-related issued uh, uh, death warrants. So thank you to all that listened and haven't. Fantastic. Brilliant. So, uh, guys, just really quickly, I had some work commitments, so I was unable to record last week. So we've got a lot to recap today. Um, so we might as well just jump straight in there. So let's let's talk about the Cagliari-Milan game. Seems like a while ago now. Um, so if I just run through the formations, um, just so everyone sort of gets an idea of, and all thinks back to when it happened. So we started our usual 4-3-3 formation uh, with a bit of a rotation check in there. We had Sportiello in goal, which was kind of forced uh, through Manian's injury. Teo, Tamori, Chow and Florenzi. Reindeers, our favourite Adley, Loftus-Cheek, Chakwezi, Okafor and Pulisic. Uh, so some rotation, but not loads of rotation. Um, Cagliari lined up a pretty defensive uh, lineup with a 5-4-1. Uh, they had Ronanovic in goal, Zappa, Wetesca, Dosena, Hatsopilobis, Ugello, uh, ex Sondaria, Lovombo, who we knew caused us some problems, Slimana, Makuambu, Nandez, and Patania, uh, an old favourite, well, not favourite, but an old Milan player, Patania. Mm-hmm. So we went into this game, uh, and I'll give you some fun facts. I think this is I quite enjoy finding these facts now. Go on. Um, so, <laughs> so Milan is the is the second team in Serie A history to have two English goal scorers on their uh, books. So that's the second ever time in Serie A history, which seems mad to me. That's um, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Fo- Followed by Roma, which was only a couple of seasons ago, with Tammy Abraham and Smalling scoring in those goals. So quite right. a recent thing, actually. Okay. Um, Cagliari. So we've we've pretty much not lost against Cagliari for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one game we have lost them recently was in 2017. That that fun year when we oh. made all those made all those you know all those transfers uh, with I think it might be Montella was still there. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, so yeah, like, Cagliari had won one of their last 10 in Serie A, uh, the last win coming in 2022, before they were relegated against Mm Osuelo. They'd only scored one goal this season, uh, so, (laughs) so scored the second (laughs) one game against us. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, Ranieri had made four changes uh, to the side that lost 2-0 against Atalanta, so we'd gone a bit more defensive, uh, leaving Patania up front by himself. Um, and we went into this game uh, kind of unbeaten since the Inter uh, thrashing um, and looking pretty good, actually, uh, and, and lining out a decent team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't think there were too many issues with the rotations. It, for once, it, it wasn't the entire team rotated. No. Uh, and actually, we saw some players that we kind of wanted to see uh, in the fold quite quickly. Oh, um, he's, so, he was on. He was on. He was on. That's right. He started, didn't he? We finally got to see him. We, we finally, we finally got to see the man that we were saying in the podcast. I think the week before, just play him, just play him. Um, and was that the second game after the the Lazio game, or was that the no. first game? Sorry, that was the. Sorry, 
Yeah, this is the first game. The first game. Yeah. And lo and behold, you know, passing range, all the things that we knew he could do or had had a sense of the things that he could do because pre-seasons, because of because of playing another to you know uh, in 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 France we knew he could do these things and then he gets his opportunity in a position which isn't a position that he plays in and Yassine just for me man of the match there it is um <laughs> he was he was just brilliant he was but, but the thing is it's like do you know what that this this idea of of why do Milan fans love him so much is because he gives the love back yeah, he cares. He doesn't play. He doesn't it, like if he's not playing. He's the first person that goes up to the fans. Mm-hmm. He's the, he's the first person if if somebody makes a mistake, he's the first person to encourage them. So that's why that's why my heart's gone to the guy because it's like the guy cares. But then he's gone and backed it up playing out of position, and absolutely smashing it. You know, it, yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. And um. And actually, the stats from his game back what we're saying. So, so I tweeted um, that I thought he looked better than Krunic. Mm-hmm. Um, wish I hadn't, but I did. Um, and then I got this absolute <laughs> backlash of, "Oh, you're you're shit on Krunic, blah blah blah." Mm. And I, and we've said, haven't we? We know what Krunic is. We know yeah. that he's not a world class player, but he's done a great job. To me, Adley just looks a completely different level of player. And it was matched by the way that he played. And if you want stats, which I know people are obsessed with stats, I'll give you some. Go on. So he did 85 touches. Yeah. 97% passing accuracy. From nine long balls, he got eight on target. Eight out of nine. He won three out of four ground jewels as well that he engaged in. Yeah. Now... Let's let's be fair when we when we when we're talking about Adley. He did make a mistake. He did. He he did let um, Lavombo uh, grab the ball off him, and that did lead to Lavombo's goal. We're fair here, so we, just like we praise, we'll criticise as well. So yeah, um, so we can't pretend like he didn't do anything wrong because he did. He did. But yeah. But Krinich, but Krinich does that too. Yeah. Uh, Krinich, Krinich gave away a goal in the in the derby. He, he yeah. literally passed it to them, and they counterattacked. So. Yes, it's Cagliari. Understand that. Yes, um, we had some rotations. We needed to make some rotations. Yes, um, Krinic is injured. I get that. But Adley, like you said, playing a position that isn't naturally his position. Um, second ever start for Milan, if I'm not wrong. I think that's right. That's correct, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he did, he did not look out of place at all. If anything, he looked better. I'm yeah. just going to throw it out there. He was... He was... Right. It's comparing apples and pears or whatever yeah. the expression is. With Krunic, you get somebody who is more of a a holding player and he he buys you time. Adley buys you space. And they're two very different concepts. Mm-hmm. Um Krunic is more physical. Adley is more finesse. And if it depends on how you want to play the game and how you want to view the game. I think you could argue that either one of those two can play in a football team. Okay. Um, however, 
it's the players you have around you that you then need to understand from a tactical perspective and from a strategic perspective um or or sorry more like a cult a club culture yeah what is it that you want to achieve you have got we we as a team and i know this is something i think i was going to say anyway later on but i'll say it now we have got some absolutely blistering fast runners on our team some very quick players okay you want to expose that you want to play the ball into those spaces that those players can get onto so it beats a high press so and you want somebody who can play a through ball you're not going to get that with Krunic but you are going to get that with Adley and Adley on on the two games that he started and then the then also the Champions League game which we'll get to he was doing all those things he was feeding a ball into little spaces what more do you want yeah he, he just offers a completely different thing and that's kind of what we need in that role yeah massive um, and I know I don't want to I'm not jumping the gun here and I'm not I'm not comparing these players before people start but Andrea Pirlo was a triquartista and yeah. Ancelotti dropped him back to a regista role mm-hmm. and that worked very well as we all know yeah um, Adley was a triquartista attacking central, uh, central midfielder and now he's been dropped down to a CDM I think when you have a technical ability that allows you to play a CAM role and then you're given more space further behind to play that role. You can see things that maybe other central midfielders can't see. And I think that will do him really well. I think the vision of the game that he already had will serve him well as a CDM. And I don't know if you saw the the comments around um, when Pioli told him that he wasn't in his plans mm. over the summer. And, he, and Tamori said to him, what are you going to do? Just the way that he answered Tamori, if what they're saying is true, is you'll see. Wait and you'll see. I'll get onto this team. I'll play. Um, and that's that's the kind of dedication that you want yeah. from any player, let alone someone that sat on the bench for a year. Yeah, um, massively. So I can't believe we had that just sat on the bench. I, again, let you know, contextually, it's Cagliari. Um, they haven't had a great season so far. They've no. just been newly promoted. They're struggling to put things together. Um, he gave away a, a silly, silly ball, which which they scored from. So you know, to, to be to be balanced. But actually, I was really impressed. I was really impressed. Yeah, and um, and the thing about that ball that he gave away, that that's more about match play time. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think yeah, I agree. You know, that's the kind of thing that you do on the training ground. But if you're not playing regularly, you don't actually kind of, I think, realise, oh, shit, this could be dangerous. Yeah. You know, so he probably thought he had more time than what he actually had. And, you know, he got caught out. The more he plays, the less that thing happens. Mm. So, And and to be fair, Lovumbo doesn't just take it off him. He then spins to Maury, doesn't he? And smashes it. Yeah, it was uh, a hell of a goal. A hell of a goal. Absolutely, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if we if we go on to that game, then so if I yeah. talk, if I talk you through the game and then we can have a little chat after rounds, what we sort of thought about it. Mm, so sure. Um, so we started the game pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, third minute, Rangers uh, missing a really good chance um, that he kind of made himself. Ninth minute, Rangers, you know, crossfield pass across to Akafor, who kind of smashed it over. 
23rd minute, Loftus-Cheek has a really good chance um, of sort of a header. The keeper comes out. If, if Loftus-Cheek is able to get the ball behind the keeper, then you've got to tap him for a play, but no one really follows it in either. Mm-hmm. Um, 28th minute, Adley to Rinders to Okafor, straight to the keeper. That should have been a goal. That's quite yeah. a weak shot from Okafor. But again, Okafor sort of warming up, wasn't he? Sort of the first proper start he'd had. Um, so not too bad. But in typical Milan fashion, the more we press, the better we are. The, the more um, dominate, the, the better we dominate. What happens? Calorie kind of score. So 29th yes. minute, um, yeah. a bit clumsy from Adley, sort of on the sort of left hand side of the penalty area, uh, tackled uh, well by Lavombo, who then spins to Mori, cuts in, and smashes it straight into the goal. Um, I've read some, and I've read some, and I've heard some people saying Sportiello should have saved that. No. Okay. Okay. He, he could move an arm a bit quicker, but I don't know how he's going to save that. That was absolutely he's, thunderous. Yeah, he's not going to save that, and and the reason why he's not going to save that is because it it's just one of those where I, I don't think any keeper can save it. No. no not, not even based on where you're positioned. The, the 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 power of that shot, the speed of that shot, and the angle of it, it's very difficult to defend. Very difficult. So yeah, you know. I think if there hadn't been a goal there, I think it would have made its way into a ferry from Sardinia back to Milan. It was that mm. hard. He hit it so hard. Yeah. Um, so I suppose then that's kind of a test of the, the mental fragility of the team. Um, yes. It was a bit frustrating. I've got to be honest. I thought, God, we've literally had every single part of the play. They've hardly done anything. And they somehow managed to get ahead. I thought, right, typical fashion, really. Mm. Um, so, okay. So 40th minute. So not much happens between that and the 40th minute. Uh, Pulisic on the left-hand side um, literally gets past Zappa quite quickly, sort of cuts in, puts in what I thought was quite a poor cross. Somehow, Radinovic sort of drops it, or almost kind of like catches it and then drops yeah. it. Almost his fall when his momentum sort of gets the ball out of his hands. Mm. Uh, and it falls to Okafor, who with a quick shimmy from his right to left foot then slots the equaliser. Yeah. Um, it is a tapping, but he does make it look quite special. Um, yeah, and, and, and you know what? That's, that's all he had to do. Mm, so, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he gets his first goal, um, which is really good for him, actually, uh, as his, on, on his first start. Um, so 1-1. One, one. And again, we keep pressing uh, until the sort of 45th minute. This is an Adley corner, uh, lovely worked corner uh, mm-hmm. to Rinders. Rinders, who kind of runs to the byline and puts a driving ball across the goal line. You've got Tamori and Okafor literally right next to each other. And on the six-yard line, Tamori, with his thigh, kind of hits the ball into the back of the net. Um, if Tomori wasn't, if Tomori hadn't hit it, Okafor would have. So two-one for us just before half time. Um, really well worked goal uh, straight off the training ground. I think you'd say. Yeah. Um, really, really good. And then forty-fifth and forty. So just after that goal, and then forty-fifth plus two. So in stoppage time, we have another two chances: one from Lotteschik and one from a power drive of a of a Teo shot. So really good opportunities for Milan. All one-way traffic in first half. Um, 2-1 into the break uh, and like I said we've kind of we let Cagliari in when we didn't really need to um, yeah the changes maybe it was a bit of naivety um, went into the second half um, Cagliari made some changes so they put Oristano straight on for Whitaker 46th minute we had a couple of yellows um, yeah. one going to Loftus one going to Zappa um, Cagliari had another chance in the 56th minute again with Lovomba 10 uh, yard volley uh, sort of block slash deflected by one of our defenders and off for a corner. It was a really good chest down from Patania, who didn't really do much for most of the game apart from that. 
58th minute, we saw some weird substitutions. Pobega coming on for Adley, who I thought was having a cracker. Yeah. Uh, and Musa coming on for Reinders. It must have been for rest and rotation is the only thing I could think of. Um, and then 60th minute, straight after the change, an absolute cracker of a goal uh, from Loftus-Cheek, opening yes. his Milan account. Really good run in the left-hand side from Pulisic. Kind of dribbles in, dribbles out again, dribbles back in again. Passes out to uh, Loftus-Cheek, who sort of taps it with his right foot and then absolutely buries it into the bottom left-hand corner. Keeper's got absolutely no chance. Great strike, really good from uh, Loftus-Cheek. Um, what did you think about that goal? Yeah, I mean, it was just it was just beautifully taken. It's the kind of goal that a few years ago he was he was getting in the Premier League, really. That, you know, just a long driver. And, you know, more than that, there's not much that the keeper could have done. There was a few people on on socials and I think one or two in the Italian press were saying, you know, he could have done better, positioned his feet better. But that's coming from a hell of a distance. Uh, you know, it, it can catch you out by surprise, but just beautifully taken. And actually, for somebody who has really impressed me in the Milan colours, well deserved, and it's going to do him a it's going to do him a load of good when he comes back from just you know just these slight niggles that he's having. Mm. I, I think the niggles are more relative to the fact that he's not been playing regularly. There's there's like a, a, it's it's more muscular fatigue than it is strain. It's it, it's a bit of a weird one with Loftus Cheek. He he plays in a position where you need you need to have a lot of uh, uh, endurance and strength. They're two things which are very hard to train for, you know. So there is more that kind of um, if genetics plays a big part in this. Uh, so you know, remember, I mean, remember, Cassie was an absolute man mountain, mm. you know. Yeah, he was. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, right. so it it's it's just a case I think with Loftus Cheek, he just needs. He just needs a season where he's getting, you know, a good 80% of the season done. Um, and the last, what, two years, he's mainly been on the bench. So, uh, but good for him. I think he'll come back from that stronger. And 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 actually, I think he'll get us more goals. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he's nearly touching double digits by the end of the season across all competitions. Yeah, no, neither would I. And, and like you said, this is probably the most he's played consistently for ages. Yeah. Um, and he's playing in a different league, different climate, different players, um, you know, different languages. So he's, I think he's acclimatised really, really well. Um, he doesn't look like a player that's never played in Serie A before. Yes. Um, that right-hand central midfielder role suits him really, really well. And it also, like we've always, you know, like we've always said, we needed a boost on that right-hand side. It can't just be the right winger that gives us that. Yeah. And he's definitely been part of that, hundred percent. So yeah, great goal from him. Um, we're really happy to see him score as well. I know he's had a few chances here and there in the, in the sort of first few games, um, but always a confidence, isn't it? Always great for confidence when you get yeah. your first goal. So I mean, what happened for the rest of the game? Not much really. Um, we had a couple of substitutions, so things of note. Um, uh, Romero came on for his league debut on the 69th, uh, replacing Pulisic. Didn't really have long to do much, to be fair to him. Um, looked bright. The only thing I would say is he kept coming backwards. He kept sort of cutting in and coming backwards and passing like the easy pass backwards. I suppose at 3-1, um, you don't need to risk anything. Um, but again, 20 minutes is a bit, you know, there's not much to really tell from him yet. 
another another weird substitution. We we put Liao on. I, I didn't see why Liao needed to come on. I didn't um, see that, that at all, actually. No. It could have been a full ninety-minute rest. He could have been then ready for Lazio. I mean, he was, but he then could have had a bit more. I don't know, less fatigue on his muscles. I, I couldn't, I couldn't work out why or what the need was. Um, but he came on for Chuck Wazy. Um, a couple of substitutions from uh, Cagliari between that. Departa coming off a of Zappa, etc. Uh, Bottazaghi came on eighty-fourth minute uh, to replace Theo, so gave Theo a few minutes rest. And then, sort of, the last really big chance of the game in the eighty-seventh minute. Um, it was a cross from Lavumbo uh, to Oristiano, who'd come on at half time, and he just volleyed it towards the goal. And it was a fantastic save uh, by Sportiello. Um, I think he kind of palmed it over. So, and that kind of finished the game. So, comfortable 3 1 win in Sardinia, which was good. Um, we managed to beat one of the lower, not to be disrespectful to Kelly, but one of the lower teams, which we struggled with last season. Um, we did a bit of rotation, which was good to see. We made some weird substitutions, but I, I suppose none of it really went badly for us, so we can't complain too much. In terms of some of the stats, uh, 17 shots against their 16. Um, we had six on target. They had six on target. Possession, 67% against their 33, which you, that was very evident in the game that we had way more of the ball. Uh, 632 passes to their 307. We had five corners, they had three. We had one yellow card, they had three. So um, a pretty good game overall for Milan. Um, Kind of what we needed. Three points um, and we move on. Before we move on, favourite players, top players, players that you weren't happy with? Maybe, what, 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 what would you put in your top three, bottom three maybe? Okay, top three, I would put um, Adley. Yep. I'd put Okafor. Yep. And Loftus-Cheek. Okay, yeah, fine. Fair enough. Yeah. That's exactly uh, what I've written down, Gina. Have you? So there we go. <laughs> just, to, just to tell everybody, we can't actually see each other. We're, we're on no. the microphone only here. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that's impressive. Bottom three, I couldn't... Nobody really stood out as having had a shocker. No, no, no. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I, I can't really... I can't really think of anybody that didn't turn up or perform in the game. Um, I'd, I'd say the, I'd say the, well, you know, actually, I'll, I do want to put one name in there. Go on. Pioli. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Because yeah. I don't understand some of the changes. Like yeah. you say, just the Liao one was just a bit, what's that about? Why? Yeah. Why? Um, and also, you know, I think it's, it's, it's kind of weird. This is going to contradict. Yes, he did great that on the return into the, into the second half, you know, we then turned it up a notch. But really, really, you know, we should have something figured out now on how to score goals. And we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Um, I suppose for me, the only player I've written down, I'd have, or maybe it's a bit unfair because he was a sub, but Pobega came on and he just looked, he, uh, he just looked flat. Like he, he almost ruined the balance of the game for a bit. Yeah. Um, so, right. So, okay. I take that. And we'll talk about Pobega, I guess, in the Champions, Champions League. League. Yeah. 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 That, that was, I get that what you're saying there. I get what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Um, maybe it's because I fanboyed over Adley for too long and he came in and replaced him. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's why I've written it down. Um, okay, cool. Right. So let's move on. Let's talk about the Lazio game. So, yeah. um, so lots of games in a very short space of time. So obviously the need for rotation. Um, so uh, the lineup. I thought almost picked itself. Um, 
However, he did make some changes. Uh, so he went for... So again, Manyan came back into the fold. So again, we played our normal 4-3-3. So good for Manyan. Great to have him back. Good that the injury was only a couple of weeks and nothing more. Um, we started Calabria right back. So he came in for Florenzi. Uh, Simon Kier started over Chow. Tomori uh, kept his starting spot and Teo kept his starting spot as well. The midfield was Riders Adley and Loftus Cheek, which I thought pretty much picked itself. And then um, at the top, having rested Liao, rightfully so, Liao started. Uh, and then Pulisic on the right wing with Giroud up front. Uh, and we played against Lazio's very similar, well, exactly the same, 4-3-3. So they started Provadel in goal, uh, Marusic, Casale, Romagnoli and Heizash uh, on the defence. So that was from right to left. Uh, Luis Alberto, Rovella getting the start. Uh, Guendozi also, um, I think was it his first or second start for Lazio, I'm not sure. And then Zaccagni, Castellanos and Anderson. So Philippe Anderson there. Um, so Castellanos starting over Immobile. I didn't expect to see Simon Kier, although I knew he needed a rotation ready for the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I, I did expect to see Calabria back, um, and I did I did expect to see Giroud start. And we'll go and talk about why I thought Giroud would start when we talk about the Champions League. But so that was pretty much set, right? So we so we went into this game um, on the back of you know a lot of good results, really. Um, what did you think? What did you think about the starting eleven? Was there any surprises in there for you? Or... So, so, no, so the only one that, that actually, weirdly, the only one that surprised me was because there was all this talk of Adley being dropped for Pobega for the Lazio match because Adley's not physically strong enough. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and the fact that Adley started uh, actually pleased me immensely mm-hmm. because, I, like, like we've just said, I think he really did demonstrate his worth in that Cagliari match, and I know it was only against Cagliari, but again. It's Lazio, and um, I, I do not worry about Lazio one bit whatsoever. So um, great that he started. Sorry, I just I completely I've now got mixed up in my mind. Did Okafor start, or was it Giroud that started? Giroud started against Lazio. Giroud started against uh, Lazio. Yeah. Um, no real surprises in terms of then the rest of the team how it was uh how it was put out there i i think um musa started didn't he did musa what? start no not against Lazio. no i'm so sorry max i literally my brain's gone <laughs> blank since you actually just told the teams but yeah okay put it this way in that lazio game there was one thing that i saw which did stand out which was, it was the first time we played where we didn't look like we feared anything since the season winning, uh, since the title winning season. You know, we we went out and it was almost like, well, if you score, we'll just get, we'll just get one back against you. Yeah. There was that kind of, that a little bit of cockiness, which, which was nice. It's nice to see because it wasn't done with any malice or anything. It was just, yeah, we 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 can win. It looked like a Milan side that could play quick, counter uh, counter attacking football again. It did absolutely everything to 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 obviously playing to on the wings, which was exposing that uh, that sorry you know high midfield line. Um. Yeah, performed absolutely performed, but it had that it had that kind of air of 
we've got this. And nothing yeah. there. Mm. Which I hadn't seen since the title winning season. So, you know, that, that was a nice, nice positive. What did you think? So, so for me, um, I think you're absolutely spot on. Um, the first, so the first half was a bit, we looked almost like tired. Um, we looked a bit uh, lackluster. We were rushing a little bit. But I never once thought that they were going to score or we weren't going to win. We were mm. comfortable. Um, like you said, we looked like we, we looked like we knew we were going to win and it, we were just waiting to score, basically. Um, and like I said, I expected a bit more out of the first half. I thought we'd be a bit more guns blazing, having yes. rested a few players. Um, I thought I thought Giroud looked tired, yeah. Even though he hadn't, yeah. even though he hadn't played uh, against Cagliari, um, and we, and it was just a bit strange. The first half was strange. The second half, I was like, here we go, finally, and we, we kind of got going, didn't we? The first goal, yeah, almost almost just started everything um, under pressure. And then, yeah, exactly. The yeah. pressure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like, you know, I'm just going through the game now. I'm looking at it. You know, um, 13th minute, uh, and they had a chance where Kier loses the ball into midfield, right to Anderson, who then storms into penalty area. I don't know if you, he sort of smashes it, sort of wide, yeah, uh, from a tight angle. But I don't know if you see Tamori just kind of like run across and almost like put him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is which is a really good bit of defending. Um, Musa does come in though in the 29th minute, so maybe that's where you got confused because Loftus Cheek. I was that's it. When he, Sorry, that's I when he, that's when he picks up that like abdominal inj- uh, injury, yeah. uh, and he has to go off the pitch. So Musa does get most of this game. To be fair to him, um, then nothing really happens. <laughs> no, so about the 44th minute, where Musa lovely cross into the penalty area for Giroud. Giroud with the first time effort, but not. Doesn't really get his foot properly. No, excuse me. Does, <clears throat> excuse me. Doesn't get his foot properly through the ball. Providel makes a really unconvincing save, yeah. and Rinders from right in front of the goal almost loses the ball between his feet and hits yes. the post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and that's it really for the first half from both teams. Not like I said, not much happened. It felt a bit lackluster. It felt a little bit like we yeah. just like we were like in fourth gear. We couldn't quite get into fifth or sixth. Yeah. Um, then half time comes around. Um, we go straight into the, the second half. I mean, I think they pick up a yellow card pretty quickly uh, for a bit of a bad tackle on Hernandez. Um, and then 60th minute, great goal from us. So really, really good play, really good wing play by Liao on that left hand side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, does what Liao does well. Gets into the box and then puts almost like this chipped ball across. Like little like chip mm. over to Pulisic, who does really well to to hit the ball first time with his left foot, yep. which I think is what catches out Providell, who then doesn't quite get to it and hits the back of the net. Yeah. Um, like I said, I never felt in any point of the game that we weren't going to win, but it just took forever to score. And when he scored, though, I was like, ah, here we go, thank and, God. And when we did score as well, we it it was like that pre- that, that that release valve had gone. And we'd almost kind of said, well, sod it. Now we know what we can do. And the pressure that we were putting on Lazio after that goal to get the next goal, you could see it was overwhelming them. You could see that they just didn't have a response. And and I guess I do get Sari's comments about the way that the championship, like the way that football now, there's way too many games. Because, Because actually, this is the point 
about general general European football now. There are so many competitions. Every league in Europe could do with dropping one cup competition. Mm. Simple as that. Yeah. A, a domestic cup competition. If that is what is going to be the ambition for any team trying to get into the top six or eight, okay, to play in these other European competitions. Now, the only reason why it's not is because those cup competitions also bring in revenue for the teams. But at what cost to players' health? You know, if you've got a player that's playing every nearly two and a half days between games, you're gonna you're gonna find people retiring sooner rather than rather than later. Um, so I do get Sari's comments about being annoyed, but equally, shut up, because everybody's in the same boat. You know, you yeah. just you just happen to have you know a, a club president who doesn't want to spend money for your team, and. You know, we've got a club president that had to say, that sold, you know, one of our best players to buy six players. You know, you just sold Milinkovic Savic for how much? 40 million. I mean, which is just, by the way, the, the best bargain that the, the, <laughs> the Saudi league could have got. Yeah. But, you know, if you'd have sold him two years earlier, you would have had 110 from PSG. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, but him going is clearly having a big effect on them. Massive. Lazio have had the worst start to a season since the 2007-8 campaign. They have less than nine points. Um, and yeah, they have played some big boys and they've beat Napoli, but then they've lost against teams that they should not be losing against. No. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with Lazio. I think, I don't know if it's, no. it feels like Sarri ain't going to be there much longer. It feels like there's hostility with him and Lotito. He's saying stupid things in press conferences about players that he didn't want or how he, he wanted A and B, but he ended up with X and Y. Mm. Um, I don't think that is great. One, for your team, because how are you going to make your players feel? Uh, and two, for that relationship with the owner. Now, I know that Lotito is Lotito. We know what he's like. If you've watched Serie A, follow Serie A, you know that he, he's a law to himself and he does things for himself. Um, doesn't he... Still, guess, doesn't, but doesn't he... Yeah, this whole thing, Lotito, as yeah. well, makes me laugh with the whole Salernitana. That's it. Owning yeah. that still. Yeah, he's a law to himself. He always has been. He makes decisions of what players they buy. It makes no sense. Um, yeah. So I get all that. And I get that it feels like a bit of a circus. But they came second last year. Sadi did really well. Yes, he does have a lot of games to play. But like you said, that's just the way it is. That's why Milan, over summer, tried to increase their depth. And they tried to do it by not spending an absolute fortune because they know that, we, you know, in Serie A, you can't afford it. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, second half kind of carried on. Uh, more of the same. We were all over him. Uh, Giroud came off. Uh, maybe I need to go back a bit. Um, a couple of substitutions happened for us. So um, they made Vicino came in for Ravella 67th. Kamada uh, came in for uh, Gunduzu 67th. Didn't make any difference to them, if I'm honest. Um, 70th minute, Giroud, who actually happened to be his birthday, comes off and is replaced by Okafor. Adli goes out for Pobega on the 70th as well as well as Florenzi in for Calabria. So that kind of makes sense. Um, Pedro in for Philippe Anderson, 75th. And again, uh, Immobile at the same time in for Castanos. So again, not much happens from Lazio's point of view, even with those subs. Uh, we have a great chance in the 77th minute with Pulisic again, who kind of stings the palms of the keeper um, from a really good run from Hernandez. Um, 
So we're still 1-0. We're still trying to push. Another substitution, they put on their new winger, Isaacson, who I've seen some good stuff about, but I haven't quite seen him get going yet in for Zakanyu. Uh, Chakwezi comes on for Pulisic in the 82nd as well. And Pulisic has had a good game. Uh, gets a sort of standing ovation. Um, a couple of yellow cards follow from that. I think we're just time-wasting with Theo and Manga. Yeah. And then another Liao Daisy run on that left-hand side uh, takes quite a few players out. Just great wing play again. Absolutely fantastic. Um, hits the byline, pulls it back. Uh, really easy finish for Okafor. So Okafor gets his second in uh, as many games. He, hard, you know, this one he's not started. He's only played twenty minutes, and he goes and celebrates like he promised he would on his Instagram post with Rafa underneath the cut of us, yeah. um, crossing his arms. Fantastic to see. Really nice. Uh, really good to see the team bonding as well. Um, 90 plus fourth minute, Pedro scores an absolute worldie. <laughs> yeah. Absolute worldie of a goal. Uh, but lucky for us, it's offside. And it is very clearly offside. I think we'd even stopped playing before he hit it. So, um, And that's it, end of the match. So two Liao assists. Great goal from Pulisic, first time hit. Um, a really easy goal, but still well put away by Okafor. Uh, and we carry on our unbeaten run since the intergame. Um we are by far the best team. We were in the ascendancy, um, you know, and then just sort of pulling out the stats. Okay, 14 shots to their 13, but they only got four on target where we got seven. Um, you know, 51 possession to their 49, but we know that Surrey teams like to keep the ball. Um, they made more passes than us. Our passing accuracy was higher than theirs. You know, we fouled a lot more than them, 15 to their five. They got two yellow cards. We got three, same amount of offsides. We had seven corners. They had one. So, like I said, I never felt at any point in that game that we were behind, we were going to lose. You know at nil-nil it's always risky. And I mm. do always have this sort of like, we need to bury our chances better. Um, I think any team probably would need to, would kind of go down that path. Um, but again, two wins, comfortable win against Lazio at home. Uh, I don't think we've lost against Lazio at home for lots and lots of years, which is really good. Um, so yeah, what are your tops? Uh, who did you think didn't perform well? What's the sort of overall... Uh, from the game? Well, I think um, Okafor getting two in two. Yep. Um, he's he's definitely up there. I thought Liao was just phenomenal. Again, driving that left-hand side, pull it, the two pullbacks. Brilliant. And actually, uh, a little bit of a shout-out to Reinders on that game. Mm -hmm. I thought he did really, really well. I thought he just controlled the pace of the game. He um, when when Loftus Cheek went off and Musa came on, he arguably I think took the reins in midfield just to kind of just to control it a little bit better, you know, almost kind of dictating a bit more the pace um, of of the ball moving forward. So mm -hmm. he, you could see him giving like little hand gestures to both Adley and Musa. You know yeah. when to speed it up, when to slow it down. He he just seemed to have the 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 awareness. He was looking around a lot. He was doing all the things that you really want a world class midfielder to do. Yeah, um, he ball playing is fantastic. I, I will go back to what I said a few weeks ago though. His finishing. Oh, his finishing's really atrocious. Needs, he really needs to work <laughs> on his finishing. His finishing's um, atrocious. He just, he can't, I mean, I know there's a lot of pressure in him. I'm sure he's just trying to find his first goal. And that can be difficult, as we've seen in the past years with new signings. But he, he just cannot score. He just cannot finish. Um, maybe it's just unlucky. 
maybe it's just unlucky. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at the player ratings now. Um, Pulisic and Leal ended up with the best ratings of the game, which I suppose don't really surprise me with two assists and, and Pulisic scoring. The third highest was Manyan, and that's probably because of his clean sheet. Yeah. So I'd probably agree with that, to be fair. Um, and yeah, you're right. Reindeer's absolutely Okafor, absolutely. Uh, Tomori, another shout for Tomori. I thought we did quite yeah. well again. Tomori's absolutely, you know, he was, again, I think he was all over it. And and actually, um, I think having a really good season thus far, I think that red card that he picked up was just was just unfortunate. It was just, yeah. it was daft. I think he was, do you know what? I think he was also stressed at the fact that he'd actually, you know, wasn't, hadn't played in the national team. Mm. And, and I think he, I think he's, I think he's looking at his career and he's only what, 24. Yeah. He's not, I, I think he's a bit older, but I don't think he's much older. So yeah. And, and uh, what is he? I'm going to have to check this now because I've said that uh, tomorrow. <laughs> he is 25. I think, so I think, but, really, if, but I think he's looking at things and going, you know, how's Harry Maguire getting picked in front of me? Yeah, but that's just Gareth Southgate. That's, that's just, yeah, that's, so that's just Gareth that's Southgate. Just, so that's just stupidity. That's stupidity. Like, I get, so not to go off too much on a tangent, like, I think the abuse that Maguire gets is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I've never seen, I don't think I've seen anything like it. I mean, he, I know he's not a world class player and I know that his price tag put a lot of pressure on him, but I don't, but I don't see all this commotion. I don't see what the damage is. He hasn't played as well, so therefore he shouldn't play over Tamori. I think that's logical. I think that's a fact. Um, but he somehow gets in there above him. And I can understand why Tamori would be frustrated, but it is a Southgate. It's a silly thing. I, don't, I just don't get it. Yeah. I, I, again, I think, I, think it's, I think with Tamori, he picked up that red card at a, a pretty delicate time. We obviously missed him in the in the uh, derby and we were punished for that. And I think he's realized that by the way, I think there's something that's come about in his mind is like, if I was on the pitch, we might've still lost because it's Pioli's tactics, but we would have lost by less. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's just a little bit of maturity that's come into it. So I think I think he's reached a point where he needs to start thinking it's now or never. Mm. I do I do it now, or I don't. And he is what he's more than good enough to be in the England team. Yeah. Whether he starts or not is up to him. And he's definitely putting in, he's definitely starting to put in those performances that would warrant a start, in my opinion. But I, you know, it is what it is. We can only benefit from him doing that. So. You know, for me, I'm quite impressed with him. He, he had a he had a poor few first games, but he's has definitely got going. Um, so yeah, big shout out to Tamori. You know, like we always say, credit when it's due, criticism when it's deserved, and he's definitely due some some credit. Absolutely. So yeah, well done to him. Bit of a shout out. So yeah, look, let, let's move on. Um, let's let's do some sort of um, Serie A recap. So we've got two match days to go through. So we'll just fly through this as quickly as we can. Um, so match day six, obviously we beat Cagliari three one. So, I think I'll start by saying grazie Berardi. Uh, grazie Berardi, six. grazie Berardi. Yeah, thank you yeah. very much. Um, great to see. We'll just go. I know it's not chronological order, but we'll go straight to it. Inter losing 2-1 against Sassuolo at home. Um, the unbeatables losing against Sassuolo. So, look, 
Uh, it happens to us all. Uh, my heart bleeds for them. Uh, <laughs> oh, it uh, doesn't. Don't be so insincere. <laughs> my my heart bleeds for them. I feel I feel terrible for them. Um, uh, you know, I don't I don't see how all their world class players didn't quite get there. But you know, no, it is what it is. Isn't no. It? I no. mean, to be fair, to be fair, they had some rotation in there. They were trying to rest some players. It didn't work out well for them. Uh, so Swallow won. Oh no, what a shame! Thank you oh, very no. much. Yeah. Putty. And we'll then we'll go back uh, joint top of the league. Yeah. So you beat us, beat us five one. Spent a couple of weeks um, glossing in it. Bragging, fair enough. Well, bragging. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I would too. Uh, and now we're joint on points. So well done. That got you very far. So um, rest of it, Juventus beating Lecce one nil. Uh, standard Allegri ball um, terrorist. D- just. Absolutely boring football. I just don't know what more to say about that. Um, yeah. Lecce got a man sent off, but to be fair, that was quite late in the game. That was so late, was, yeah. I'm not going to sort of, you know, um, whatever. They just get worse and worse, mm. they do. So, Empoli beating Seleni Tana and getting their first win under Andrioli, or Andrew Soli, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, so, that's good for them. Atalanta just about beating Verona 1-0. Uh, Napoli, after all the controversy of all the... TikTok videos and mm. uh, Osherman um, leaving Napoli and you know sending purely a text saying uh, Chakaways is my mate I'm going to come play for Milan uh, that's a joke by the way before people start that's not actually true um, smashes a four one win over Udinese you know Udinese are struggling anyway they are yeah um, but yeah. Napoli it's still a good win work of it yeah exactly still a good and win yeah. Bad for everyone else, but good for them. Um, Krava got onto the score sheet 74th minute and he hadn't scored since March. Um, mm. So good for him. And to be fair to him, it was a pretty good goal. He kind of like chips it over and then finishes it, doesn't he? So yeah. it's really nice. Um, Zielinski taking the penalty, I thought was quite um, momentous. Um, quite sort of, oh, Oshman's not taking it. Fine. He slots it though. Oshman gets his goal on the 39th and Simeone comes on and scores the fourth. So a good win for Napoli, really. Um, Lazio, who we just talked about, but they got a 2 0 win over Torino. Torino, who had started the season quite well, but mm. again, Lazio winning. The Jekyll and Hyde effect from Lazio, yeah. really. Yeah. 1 um, 0 Frosinone and Fiorentina. Frosinone kind of continuing their good work so far that season. Uh, Gonzalez for Fiorentina seems to be a revelation this season to get another goal. 0 um, 0 draw Monza Bologna and a. F- <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, Roma are back, guys. <laughs> They're back. They're Roma back. Roma are back. Dybala and Lukaku are back. Yeah. Roma getting an absolute thrashing by Gilardino's man 4 1 uh, at Genoa. Yeah. Um, I did watch some of this game because um, I thought I just wanted to see what Genoa looked like. Uh, yeah. I wanted to see what Retigi looked like as well. Um, and Genoa were all over them, like literally all over yeah. them. Even though Roma had most of the possession, yeah, nothing, nothing that Roma did looked threatening. Um, it's, but you know what? If you watch any of Serie B, that isn't a surprise. No, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Genoa last yeah. year in Serie B were under Giardino, just they were beautiful to watch. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was wonderful. Been- he really has got them going, hasn't he? He really yeah. knows. He's got. He's got what he wants. He knows how he wants to play, yeah. and he just and he just does it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was well impressed. I mean, they went they went ahead in the fifth with Goodmanson, who looks like a really good player. Mm. Um, did you know that his granddad played for Milan? I did. Yes, I read that. Yeah, yeah that's so. You know, you never know. He looks, you never, looks like well, a good player. He he looks like a good player, and Gilardino doesn't want people really talking about him. 
Yeah, so that's because, it all then. You know, because it's it's it could be one of those things where it's like it's a bit like a Piantec yeah. moment where it's like all of a sudden all this interest comes in, somebody gets him in January and he could end up turning out to be shite. <laughs> So, so <laughs> that's for that's his sake, that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so, that's, I love it. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, don't apologise. I love it. Um, Cristante scores in the 22nd minute, levelling things. Yeah. I think I think Roma thought maybe that was the start of them getting back into it. Yeah. Absolutely not. Uh, Rotigui scores in the 45th. Uh, Thorsby then scores in the 74th. Thorsby, who's come from Sampdoria to Genoa. Interesting. Yeah, there are not um, many do that. No, no, no. And then our boy, Junior Macias. Junior. minute, With a very Macias goal, wasn't it? On it the, was. On the right-hand side, slotted into the bottom corner, to be fair to him. It um, was. I, I miss it. I miss, I miss those blistering nothings <laughs> from, from everything. I should stop talking now. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and if I'm not wrong, he also misses a sitter. He, he does. In typical Messias fashion. <laughs> um, so, I yeah. miss him. I miss him. I do miss him. God bless so, you. God bless you, Junior. Thank you, Messias. Thank you for everything. Mm. Um, so, so, yeah, Roma getting a pummeling after they were back. So mm. we'll move on to the next round of Serie A because obviously we've talked about the, the Milan-Lazio game already. Yeah. So Napoli with another 4-0 win, uh, convincing over Lecce, who had had a good start to the season, but they made Lecce look really amateur. Yeah. Um, good, good goal from Ostergaard in the 16th. Oshman getting another one in the 51st. Uh, Gaetano, one of your own. One of my own. Nabladano born and bred, comes on and scores, which is really good. Uh, great for Italy, great for for Naples, the city and the team. So I, always, yeah. I love I love it when a local person, local lad, scores a goal for their club team, for their yeah. boyhood, boyhood team. There's nothing better than that. Um, and then Politano scoring in the 90 plus fourth minute uh, with a penalty. So again, it looks like Oshman is not going to be taking penalties. Um, I, th- but- I I I think that's I, I I genuinely just to interrupt. Uh, I genuinely think though with the Oshman thing, I think he's not taking penalties because his head really isn't in it. In it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Just like don't, don't, don't. This guy's got so much going on in his head. When you're taking a penalty, all you got to be focused on is the penalty. So, yeah. you know. Anyway. Yeah, and and to be fair to him, he's remained professional. He's still scoring goals. Uh, yeah. Whether he's there or not in January, I don't know. But he's still scoring goals. Uh, he's doing what Napoli needs him to do. Napoli's scoring eight goals in two weeks, having had a bit of a shocker. And and Rudy Garcia maybe sticking a middle finger up to a lot of people, including. Maybe even me, who thought mm, you've ruined it a little. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. But really good for Napoli uh, for the last two weeks. Not good for us, of course, because we no. don't want them to come back up. But um, And then we might as well, where we've smashed them apart, we might as well give them some compliments. So Inter winning 4-0 against Salernitana. No, Salernitana, um, isn't it, though? Go on. Yeah, but to be fair to Salernitana, they had them. They had their number first half. Yeah, they did, but it's Salernitana. Yeah. Yeah. And then old Latoro Le- Martinez coming on. There he is, scoring his hat trick. No, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. scores. You know, the first player in Serie A three point error to score four goals as a substitute. That's it. Yeah, that's a four. Sorry, I, I forgot the fourth. Yeah, carry on. Yeah. What's next? Well done. Thank you very much. Yeah. Right, Bologna three 0 win against Empoli. Um, salad. Oh man, salad. Oh man, salad. Um, but not affecting much of the game. Orsolini getting a hat trick 
um, mm. which is quite impressive. 21st, yeah. 66, and 90 plus two minutes. Uh, Bologna all over Empoli. Andrew Zoli kind of undoing the work he'd kind of done in the first couple of games he'd started, really. Um, but Motta sets his team up well, doesn't he? Um, and, he and he is a pretty good coach, again, pains yeah, to has say. He, it, has Orsolini been called up? What, for the Italy team? Yeah. I, do you know, I'm not actually sure. I was a bit weird that, again, not to digress too much, but I was. That lineup, that selection, I kind of thought we'd see Retigi in there as well, but we didn't. Yeah. Um, which was a bit strange. Let me just quickly look, because I did, it will be on my Twitter page somewhere, because I think I reached, there it is. Orsolini, no. See, that's just no. strange. That's just strange for me, that. Because he's got yeah. Berardi, fine. Chiesa, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Keane. Why is Keane in that? Raspadori, Scamacca, Zaccagni. And Zaniolo. Well, Keane shouldn't be in there. No. And and to be honest, Zaccagni? Mm, he hasn't had a great couple of games, has he? No. Get on Orsolini. Uh, anyway, carry on. Carry on. I mean, even, Sk- yeah. even Skamak has been injured. So he, uh, he just gets straight in he over just... inform Retigi. I don't yeah. understand that. You don't, you don't, you don't bring in Immobile. So what what's the reasoning for not bringing in somebody like because also Lini scored he scored a fair few actually uh, this yeah. year he's, uh, he's renewed isn't he he's renewed his he's just renewed and then he's got going again which is seven, all right game. seven matches three goals fine yeah. okay so he's only scored those three but last season he had eleven goals he's it's not like he doesn't know how to score a goal so my my, my thought my 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 brain for the national team has always gone to pick the informed players. You're not always, you're not, yeah. You're not, a, you're not a club coach, so you don't need to move things about. Like you literally can pick the players that are performing best at that moment. Yeah. So I never understand something. Anyway, let's anyway. move on. Right, Udinese Genoa two two. That was a good game. Um, That's quite a lot of goals in there. Um, there was a red card at the end as well from Lovrich, but Goodmanson two goals. Um, 14th and 41st and he had a goal disallowed as well Yeah. so he could have had a hat-trick so he again like we said before he is looking sharp Luca uh, getting on the score sheet for Udinese and Maturo scoring an own goal uh, in the last kind of dying embers of the game Udinese lucky more than anything Genoa all over them absolutely all over them a bit unlucky to come out of that game with any a draw um, Snorfest Allegri ball terrorist ball 0-0 uh, Atalanta Juventus <laughs> Um, absolutely one of the most <laughs> terrorist ball. I'm gonna yeah. still nick that. That's my cannoli of the week. That's Love it. it. Terrorist <laughs> ball. Terrorist <laughs> I heard, um, I heard, um, I was, I was listening to the um Italian football podcast, right? And I heard the Carlo say jihadi ball, and I literally couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> jihadi ball, I literally could not stop laughing. I was honestly, um, brilliant. I don't know what's going on over there. Um, but anyway, it is what it is. We like it. We like to see it. Um, Roma were back, um, but against Frosinone at home, 2 0 win. Uh, Lukaku get on the score sheet. Pellegrini scoring a pretty good goal as well there. Uh, Roma really needed that win um, <laughs> after a 4 1 smasher from Genoa. They got it. Mourinho did his usual. Um, fine, whatever. Um, they've had a really bad start to the season as well and they find themselves in the bottom half of the table uh, and the wrong end of the bottom half of the table as well really mm. um, Sassuolo uh, can beat Inter uh, at the San Siro but can't beat Monza at home Monza scoring beating 1-0 and our boy again Lorenzo Colombo 
uh, getting his first goal for Monza and a pretty good goal as well. Did you see it? Cracking goal. Really yeah, good yeah. goal. Yeah. Yeah I, was, yeah, I was really impressed, actually. Yeah. Um, we know we know what we've got there. We just need him to play more more football. Um, yeah. And so I really think and play. I think he is the long term option for Milan. Yeah, absolutely. I just I just think that what they've done is actually quite prudent because they know with Pioli he's not going to be playing. Yeah, exactly. So just get him yeah. just get him playing elsewhere, get him the experience, and then let, get him slotting into the team. So could you could you I mean I'm I'm spitballing it. Could you imagine if him and Kamada from the Primavera are our two starting forwards and, and the promise that's around them actually builds into success. Imagine what that would look like. Two Italian centre-forwards, young. It it would almost kind of replicate, in, in a weird way, that Viali Mancini thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, I think that... Imagine that. They've, got, they've both got those kinds of qualities that they, they can both score ridiculous goals. They can both play you know between the lines mm-hmm. they can both sit on shot on the shoulders they can both they can and they, and they can also play together because they've shown that already at youth level in one or two games where they did play together so i, I know that in on milan channel it showed them when they were in like a training with against the seniors yeah yeah and they, and they were already starting to turn defenders inside out then so why why wouldn't you you know look at that and go mm, okay okay there's something here and also with cardinale and the whole cost cost eff- efforts you know you might just look at that and go we've already got two strikers yeah yeah you could yeah yeah anyway and and, and um it's sort of a sort of side point on this um milan are rumored to be setting up an under 23 team to play in Serie C. Yeah, um, which would go alongside what Juve do, and that again would be quite could be a good opportunity to see players like Kamada actually in the flesh in proper football, um, yeah. and then you see what you've got. Um, but that's just a side point. Um, so to, to carry on, Torino and Verona nil nil draw. Uh, another 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 boring game to be honest. Torino looked a bit more in the ascendancy in that game, but both come away with a point. And then Fiorentina carrying on their really good start to the season um, with a 3-0 win over Cagliari. Gonzalez, Dosena and Enzola getting his first goal for Fiorentina finally. Um, so, yeah, really good. Really good sort of Serie A round of games. Um, if I just get the table up so we can see uh, what it looks like going into this match day. Um, just to point out, two games from last night, uh, both ended up in draws, Udinese and Empoli. Um, I think that was a nil nil. Nil yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then was it Sassuolo and Lecce with a one one? Um, yeah. So that's kind of how we've gone into uh, this match day. So let me just open up the table and I can give you guys what the standings look like. So Inter and Milan currently top, both on eighteen points, but Inter top, I guess, on goal difference slash head to head. In third. We have Napoli, but they are joint third with Juve and Fiorentina, all on 14 points. Then we find Atalanta in sixth on 13. Lecce um, dwindling a little bit now, seventh and twelfth with 12 points. Bologna and Sassuolo, 10 points. Frosinone, Torino, Monza, 10, 11, 12, all on nine points. Then we find Roma, Genoa and Verona, all on eight points, uh, 13th, 14th and 15th. Lazio down in 16th with seven points. And then Udinese, 
Um, five points, seventeen. And the three teams in relegation, which are no surprise to anyone really, and Police, Lenitana, and Cagliari, four, three, and two. So, um, a couple of surprises in there. Probably Fiorentina as high as they are. Mm. Lecce, Lecce as high as they are. Um, and then I suppose Roma and Lazio as low down as they are. But nothing else really jumps out to me unless it does to you. Nothing that nothing that you turn around and go, mm, okay. I mean, the only one that I, 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 before the season started, I did put out a tweet and people are going to find this if they are even remotely interested, um, <laughs> where, I, where I said I thought Monza could finish in the top, top six. Yeah. I think they could finish in the top eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think they've got the kind of ability and they've got the kinds of players as well. And they've yeah. got a very good coach. That, that, you know, I think I think he's got something about him, you know. But, but that's not coming to fruition just yet. Um, saying that, um, nothing that's really. Do, do you know what? Actually, though, I will say this: if it is between ourselves and Inter, you know, yeah. by the end of the season, it wouldn't surprise me. No, 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 no. I think you're right. I think, and that goes with what we said, really. Um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The league is where the league is. You they are playing that terrorist ball. The um Napoli's just having a mare trying to integrate Garcia into a, a, a Scudetto winning team. Um Roma's not, you know, Roma's not firing at all. You know, there's talk of Mourinho possibly being sacked by Friedkin if he doesn't get a result tomorrow. Yeah. Lazio would Again, I've. By the way, I've also been blocked by several Lazio fans since our last podcast. Whoops! Lazio, are, <laughs> Lazio are fascist, and they um, <laughs> great right wing, and um, they they they're not going to do anything this season. So uh, sod them. And by the way, I've also been blocked by my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think that's just because I generally just uh, give him abuse uh, for football. So, so um, yeah. So, so when you just look at the table, nothing really that I say. Like when I look, it's the two Milanese that are that are doing the 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 hard work for a type mm-hmm. of culture right now. Um, it, potentially, Juve could have that thing. You know that they do where it's between. January and March, where all of a sudden they seem to win every game, and you're like, "Yeah, holy crap! That they're all, they're here again. They're like that, you know, potentially there. Atalanta again. They're finding the best out of players like like Charles. Yeah. and you know, but are they going to be challenging? I think they. I think they look more fragile than they ever have had looked in, in than in previous seasons. So Papu Gomez has just signed for Monza. Yeah. So again, it really does just depend on kind of where we go after the international break in the lead into Christmas. Those are like what nine, what eight matches is it? Yeah, less than that. Um, uh, nine, ten matches, even. Sorry. Let's let's look by Christmas. You know the Campione d'Inverno, that horrible yep. title. Yeah, I, I think will really kind of give us a better telling of, of of the situation. But again, if we get to the if we get to the end of the season, it is between the two Milanese. It would not surprise me. We 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 seem to be the both best. Both teams are best equipped in terms of depth. Um, 
but there is one fundamental difference between between Inter and, and Milan, which is Inter just seem to be the more overall better looking package. Yeah, I, th- I think Inter just have better centre forwards. Um, Precisely, yeah, and th- and therefore they yeah. will score more goals, and therefore they look better. Yeah. Than I bet Weah though's kicking himself. I bet Weah's yeah. kicking himself at going to Juve. Yeah, he's not. He's he's being dropped over McKenny for God's sake. Yeah. Um, but that's terrorist ball. What do we say? Terrorist ball. Uh, terrorist ball. That's what he, anyway, that's what he does. Right. Talk about Champions League roundup. So let's start by going through the Dortmund Milan game. Um, if I just quickly go through the formation, so we can see what teams uh, what what teams the teams fielded out. So we started Manyan in goal, uh, Teo, Tamori, Chow, and Calabria at the back. Pobega, Reinders, Musa in midfield, Leao, Giroud, and Pulisic uh, forward. Uh, Borussia started Cabell in goal, uh, Ryerson, Hummels, Schlotterberg, Benzebani, and then Emre Chan and Oskan in the centre. Brand, Royce, Malin uh, as their wingers, uh, central attacking midfielders, and Fulkirk up front. So, Gino, what did you think about the start in 11? Uh, were there any surprises and changes in there? Um, what, what did you think about that? No, I mean, we um, apologies if you can hear background noises, they're all off. Sorry. Um, I one two things that stood out one was Pabega being included after Adley had had two incredible performances, and um, and Giroud starting when really you know it should have been Okafor in my mind, two and two, and I think that's even what you tweeted. You know, I think you tweeted something along the lines of, uh, I'm just trying to find that tweet again, which I've lost. Uh, Rinse and repeat performance, starting 11 said it all. Understand rotation injuries that force you a little to play certain players. But Okafor, two and two, there you go. Doesn't start on Pobega, plays and has a disaster. Sometimes it's so obvious that it's not obvious. Uh, and I think that came off the back of mine, basically saying, how can you have a game where seemingly nothing happens, but everything happens apart from a goal, which never happened? Yeah, which, look, you know, which defines the game really well in one line, really. That's exactly what happened in this game. Um, we needed a win, desperately having just um, having picked up a 0-0 draw against Newcastle and having been the team in the ascendancy for the entirety of that match. Uh, but in this game, it wasn't quite the same. No. Um, and just looking at the stats, um, you know, we had eight, they had 18 shots to our 14. They had higher possession at 58, where we had 42. Passing accuracy from them was much higher than ours. Um, we made some more fouls than they did. They picked up a few extra yellow cards than us. But actually, the game that we saw against Newcastle and the game that we saw against uh, Dortmund were two very different games. I've always said you need to win your home games. If you win your home games in the Champions League, you'll set yourself up really well to progress through the group stage. And I think we will rue the rue the day that we didn't beat Newcastle when we clearly should have. Mm. Um, we were a little wasteful again this game, like we were against Newcastle. And like you said, Pobega starting was really confusing. Um, he looked like a giraffe on skates. Uh, he didn't. He didn't quite. Um, he just didn't get into the game well. His, his stats said it all. And I think I even tweeted that I could have done better sat on my couch in terms of passing accuracy. Yeah. Um, Adley came on uh, and made a difference pretty quickly, uh, in my eyes. We had a few chances through the game. Um, we had a couple of good chances, one especially right towards the end of the game coming from Chawazi, um, for some really good play from Liao and Chawazi, who kind of 
just didn't take the right touch and then almost fumbled it at the keeper, mm. um, which was really um, frustrating. You know, you, I mean, on that note, by the way, there was somebody who I just uh, I disagreed with on Twitter about this. Oh uh, yeah, go on. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to find it. So it is uh, Saturnian, who you probably know. Yeah. So Chuck Awezi scored the exact same chance versus Bayern just last year. I'm looking at the video, okay? Yeah. yeah. The ball gets played across the box, just like it was with the Milan game. But, and, okay, so he gets played across and he, and he slaps it in, right? Absolutely yeah. slaps it in. Yeah. Now, the difference between the ball that's played across in that game to the ball that's played across in this game is it's two different days and two different ways. Okay, so let's not let's not just start imagining that, you know, this is something that was simple to do. The ball that we got played to him in this one was it was a little bit behind him. It was a little off his running angle. Okay, that's the biggest difference, really. But also, defender shuts him down quicker than the chance which he had last year. The keeper shuts him down quicker, which is different than the chance he had last year. So. It's not the exact same thing. It just on the surface looks like it's the exact same thing. So I don't think we can be critical of Chukwueze for not scoring. It's, it's a game of 90 minutes. You've got 90 minutes to score goals. Okay? You've got, you've got as many minutes as the opposition to get the ball and score a goal. So, you know, I think it just needs to be a bit of a sense of reality here of... Don't compare something that happened last year to something that happened this year and say that they're exactly the same things. They're not. The other one that stood out was obviously the Rangers' chance. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Just, just, just hit the bloody thing. Don't place it. Don't try and curve it. You know, hit it. Just absolutely slap it mm. like it owes you money. Now, if it happens to take out a defender or one of your own players, yeah, fine. At least, you know, but when you're trying to place it, my God, you've got to know what you're doing. You know, it's it's like what you said before in, 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 in the other uh, cast. It was just, you know, learn to shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spend some time shooting, which is, though, what I think the whole Reindeers package is about. He's not, he's not a goal scorer. He's a chance. He's he's weirdly a chance creator by taking the ball off their feet. Now, if he learns to score, he would be much more in the mould of a, I dare I say it, but like a kind of a Frankie Lampard. You know, box to box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. He he has so many great qualities. But in front of goal, he just he becomes almost like Titus Bramble. Like he literally, <laughs> he literally, <laughs> legend, bingo card that kid, children. <laughs> yeah, he almost he he does everything right. Yeah, until that moment, and he so, slices or he mishits or he tries to back in or he yeah tries another silly pass when he just needs to leather the ball towards the keeper because because um, he had it in the Lazio game. He hits yeah. he, he hits the post or he just hits the side netting. He's had it in this game. So, and, and, and he's had it in one or two of the previous games. I mean, even Leal saying, Do I need to assist you? Well, mate, yeah. unless, unless <laughs> you're assisting him on the line, yeah. he's not going to score. So, I think with him, I think it's going to be a case of 
he gets a goal and something unlocks in his game. Yeah. Yeah, Again, yeah. a confidence thing, a bit like a, a Loftus cheek. I think that the goal he scored against uh, Cagliari is going to unlock his rest of the season. And I think if Reinders gets a goal sooner rather than later, he ends up having a hell of a season. Where again, remember Ancelotti's uh, not, uh, side with Notturino? Yeah. Notturino <laughs> started getting goals. Yeah. And it was like, how the hell is he scoring? Well, because Notturino found himself in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And Reinders usually is in and around the box. He's just not a target. So if he ends yeah. up in an, another outlay, oh my God, that gives you another thing, you know? So anyway, nothing really much happened in that game. I think we can take it to PSG after what Newcastle did to them. I think they were massively exposed um, in that game. I think Enrique's game plan has been completely shown up. And I know I was only lauding about him a few weeks back saying, I think, you know, he would have been a great Milan manager. I still stand by that with these players that we've got. But, but that PSG is vulnerable. Yeah, they are. You're absolutely right. I, I, you're right. The game was just, it was so frustrating to watch. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the only other golden chances were Teo and Pulisic, but that was literally it. Um, and you're right, we've got to take the game to PSG. So in typical Milan fashion, we have to make everything 500 times harder than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. So we now have to go to PSG and we have to win. And if I'm honest, we need to win both. I think we need to win both those games to make it nice and clear and simple that we can progress this, this group. Because Newcastle are a dark horse. Dortmund have just as much quality as they do. And PSG can spin on a sixpence. They can do one crap game and then they can do two good games in a row. So I think you're absolutely spot on in your analysis, Gina. I couldn't agree with you more. We need to we need to wake the F up against PSG. We need to bomb a load of goals on dollar room and make him feel like crap. Um, and we need to move on as fast as we can from these two draws. The positives I take out is our defence looks pretty good in the Champions League. Um, Manyan's done well. Uh, both the centre-backs, Chow and Tamori, are doing really well. Uh, and we've not conceded a goal. And that's not something to, to, to sort of, you know, discredit. That's still good. We just can't score. We need to score. And I just think Giroud playing uh, when he's when he's not really played against, when he's, when he's played most of the minutes against Lazio, and then not starting Okafor, who had two and two, is a big problem. And I think that might have cost us. You know, Okafor could have got in between the lines from an early stage uh, with their two sort of big, strong centre-backs. Um, and and that's, that, that's kind of what I would sort of finish the game on. Is there anything else you'd add to that? Um, no. I think you've you've absolutely nailed it. Um Thank you very much. Right. And I suppose just kind of a few things to come out of that game. Um, a couple of little uh, little little antidotes for you. So, um, Milan have been involved in consecutive goalless draws in the UEFA Champions League, League, Champions League for only the second time. The last time it happened was in 1994. That was Capello's Milan as well. If I'm that was wrong. Capello's Milan, yeah. Um, which is... Did we win it that year, 94? We did. No. That's when we. That's is that when we smashed Barcelona four 0 in the yeah, final. That's it. Yeah. 
Well, okay, maybe that's not such a bad omen. Um, not such a bad omen, no. No, and Milan have strung together four clean sheets in a row in the UEFA Champions League group stages, only managing more once in the competition via six consecutive group stage shutouts between March and December in 93. So it's a good defensive record, just not the attacking one we want. Uh, that's <laughs> anyway. it, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right, let's do a little recap of the Champions League in general. We'll quickly just talk through some of the results. Um, um, so, you know, we'll best start with that 4 1 win. Uh, so, Newcastle putting PSG to bed, really. Uh, we did, I don't think we really wanted that result, though, did we? If we anything, to, I mean, at, at, at best, we wanted a draw. Yeah. yeah. You know, we kind of, we almost kind of wanted the, the, the group to almost kind of be decided last day for everybody. At least that way, you kind of know group of death has its actual, it means, it means something. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, but Newcastle smashed them apart. Um, so yeah. fair, play, fair play to Newcastle. Fair play to them. Fair play to the journeyman, Eddie Howe, and his uh, Saudi money. Yeah. yeah. Eating other Saudi money. They're I'm not allowed well. to say that. I don't care. Uh, Gino, I love it. Just keep it coming. Don't, <laughs> don't stop. Um, Real Sociedad's 2-0 win over uh, RP Salzburg uh, away. Sociedad doing pretty well, actually. Uh, looking like a solid team. Um, so fair play to them. Inter beating Benfica 1-0 with a two-round goal. Next. Um, PSV, Sevilla 2-2. I don't know if you saw the refereeing controversy in this game. Did you, I did did you read not. about it? What, what happened? I well, actually did not. Just penalties given away that weren't penalties. Um, really weird decision-making. Sevilla not happy with it at all. Who do you I... think the referee was? Not a British one. No. Not an Italian one. Yep. Oh God, no! What's his name? Um, what's his name? <coughs> Can't think of his actual name. Go on. Or Orsato. Joking? You are no. joking. No, he's typical, typical. Yeah, typical Orsato. I can't believe he's reffing in these games, but anyway, uh, Bayern beating Copenhagen two-one, but actually going behind to begin with, and then managing to recap. Go on. The the power of the Premier League. The power. Loser. That losing at home to Galatasaray. The power of the of the non-farmers league. Getting taught a lesson in their own backyard by Mauro Accardi, who even missed the penalty just to go easy on them. <laughs> and and still they beat them 3-2. Uh, United did get a red card, but again, that was in the 77th minute with Casemiro. Yeah. The only the only real thing to highlight was Hoysland uh, scoring two goals, which I suppose is good for them. Uh, and you know what? I've got a lot of United friends, and they were all asking me what is what is he like? And I said, Well, if he does what he was doing at Atalanta, I think he's gonna be a hell of a striker. Yeah. Um stand by it, because he is a hell of a striker. However, Again, it's just a case of he's gone to United. Exactly. Which is just a poison chalice right now. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but that doesn't look good. That does not look good. Um, another power of the Premier League falling to Lens away. Yeah. Um, the mighty, historic, established Lens, uh, who beat the second best team in the Premier League last season, yeah. Arsenal. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah Arsenal, who went. One nil ahead through uh, Jesus and then conceded two, one with Thomas in 25th and Wahim in 69th. Um, don't know what happened there. Must just be a weird coincidence. Um, uh, anyway, moving on. Um, the only negative result from the Italian teams, which was Real Madrid beating Napoli. 
Um, but to be fair, you know, Napoli were in the game all game. Um, they went ahead twice uh, before, I think. Am I right? No, Real Madrid went ahead. Let me get this right. So, Ostergaard scores first. Then it's Vicinius Jr. Then it's Bellingham. Then it's Zielinski who ties it with a penalty. And then it's an own goal at the end uh, with Merritt. Uh, but to be fair, Real Madrid are Champions League blue blood. Uh, and beating them is... I suppose not expected, is it, when you play them? Well, I mean, we said a few weeks back that, you know, if Napoli do what they were doing with Spalletti, they could they could beat Real. The fact that they've lost 3-2 shows that the game kind of was open enough that it could have happened. But, as we also said, it's if Garcia implements that kind of football, and he's not right now. Yeah. So... You know, it, it seems more obvious to me that they weren't going to score, that they weren't going to win. That being said, I think Ancelotti. If is it is it confirmed that he is going to be the Brazil coach from next season? I think it is. Yeah, I think it is confirmed. You know, how does Ancelotti want to go out of European football? Because yeah. because once he's taken that job, he's not taken another job in Europe. He's going to be nearly 70 by the time he finishes the whole, um, um, what's it called, experience out in um, in Brazil. Yeah. 64 now. You know, he's not going to come back to Italy or Europe and say, hey, it's 70-odd, I'm going to, I'm, or nearly 70, I'm going to take on another club team. You know, he's, he's made his money. So, really... I mean, with Bellingham in that side doing what they're doing, and Vinicius Junior, my God, they look good. My, yeah. you know, yeah. money, money on for them to win it. They've got a great attack, and they've got Jude Bellingham as well, who looks like a reincarnation of Zidane from somewhere. So he's he's phenomenal. He's up, yes. he's doing ridiculous things. He's sixty four yeah. now, Ancelotti. So again, if he does two, if he does a World Cup. With Brazil, if not two, yeah, you know that's him done. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so um, Atletico beating Feyenoord three two, um, so nothing too different or new there. Shakhtar Donetsk beating Antwerp three two. You've got Belgrade versus Young Boys was a two all draw. Obviously, our draw, Newcastle's win. City beating Leipzig away three one again. Uh, the reigning champions doing what they do best. Barcelona just about beating Porto one nil. Um, which is a good result. And Lazio, despite all their blues, beating Celtic 2-1. And their winner coming in the 90th plus fifth minute. So, those were the results of the Champions League. Does anything stand out to you, Gino? Anything you want to add on that at all? No, nothing. Fine, cool. So, I'll tell you what we'll do now. Should we do the, the questions? Should we let's go through the questions. listener questions? Let's do the questions. Do you want to start with your ones then? Let, let's, what have you got for me then? Oh, We've got one from Giancola Rinaldi, Ginkers, yeah. who's yeah. a friend of mine, good good guy. So he goes, where do you guys stand on Stefano Pioli? He seems to get battered by a lot of Milanisti a lot of the time. But to an outsider anyway, he's done quite a lot with not the finest squad you've ever had. Are some fans living in an illustrious, illustrious past when the Nos Rossoneri ruled Europe? I'll let That's you take a, that one first. That is a great question. Um, let's start with that. That's a really good question. Why do it? So, uh, for me, 
with Purely, okay, I think Purely has done a good job, okay? When you look at it objectively, you look at it for holistically, he's won a Serie A, he's got to the Champions League semi-final, he's built a team up that was coming fifth and sixth to be in the Champions League a few seasons in a row. Where does it go wrong for Purely? He scores own goals. He makes strange decisions that make no sense. And therefore, I always feel he could do better. And that's why I think we slam him around a bit. Because, like I said, sometimes things are so obvious that maybe they're not obvious. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think where, where, where Milan needs to struggle with Pioli is his decision-making. Why put Liao on if you're 3-1 up? Why start Pabega if Adley's in form? Why put Giroud on if Okafor scored 2-2? Two two? What, what is it in your stubbornness? What is it in your brain that tells you that that's the right thing to do? Now, I know that we don't spend all week with the players. I've, I've heard this over and over again. I'm told last season I wasn't allowed to criticise purely because he didn't have the quality of the team. But he still had better players than most of Serie A. But anyway, um, this season he has the team, he has the players. He's done fairly well. But he's still making strange decisions, which I think impact on our results, like Newcastle, like Dortmund, um, like Inter. Um for me, that's it in a nutshell. I think he just, I think that's why he gets the rep because we're sat here thinking, oh, Okafor scored two goals, so surely he starts. Oh, you've started him Giroud against Lazio. Oh, that must be to rest him so that he's ready for the Champions League where we absolutely have to win against mm. Dortmund. Mm. Uh, no, that's not what you're doing. Scratch his head, retweet something. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and, and that's that's where I go on it. You've, you've got to give him the credit he deserves, but also we've got to give him the criticism that comes with it. When you're paid that much money a year to do the job that you do, you are open to criticism and therefore you should be able to receive it. Um, do Milanistas have a high benchmark? Yeah. With a 17-time Champions League winning team, we've won 19 Scudetti. Of course we have a high standard. Of course we do. Um but we've also had ten years of absolute rubbish, uh, so we need so we need we need to give him the credit he deserves. Yeah. But also, but also he's been backed, like he has been backed with players. Um, yeah. The managers before him, apart from Montello, who had a, that silly summer, it's not like Mihailovic was getting world beaters or anything, um, or any of the managers before him. Mm. Even Ale even Allegri had a really poor few transfer markets where the team clearly digressed in quality, whereas Pioli's teams have gone up and up in quality, I would argue. Um, so, yeah, that's my opinion. What do you think, Gina? What's your answer to that? I mean, I don't know what to add to that because it's just, it's it's a fair and balanced analysis and I probably would would say more, more controversial things really about it, but I think overall, you, you've, you know, you've, you've made, made the... the the nail with the uh, with the hammerhead there. I mean, one one question which is coming from Greg, which actually speaks of the things that you're saying, these own goals that he scores. He says, Pioli has made numerous comments saying that he and the team have learned their lessons, that they have to play a quicker tempo of football in the Champions League. So why has he set up and played two games in the season's tournament at the same slower pace on the whole over the 180 minutes? Granted, we have had over 36 shots in those games but still not scored a single goal. And I think that that does speak to those own goals that you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, yeah. when you've got somebody like Okafor, who's in form, he's got the two goals, he's got he's got the confidence. You know, I think you do need to set up teams a little bit differently. So 
Giancarlo's question and Greg's question, they kind of, they marry up in a way of, they answer both each other, but they're still asking the question, you know, what, what is it about Pioli really? And from Giancarlo's perspective, it's what is it about Pioli from a Milan fan's perspective? And from Greg's point of view, it's why is it that Pioli isn't learning these lessons? And, and, I, and I don't know. You know, I think from my perspective, like you said, we've won the Champions League seven times. Yes, we still do think in the way that late 80s, mid, you know, early 90s, mid 90s, and even under Ancelotti in the early 2000s, we had... We have a lot to be proud of. And when we've had the years of trauma, banter era Milan, we, we don't ever want to experience that again. You know, all teams have their ride their waves of fortune, but it doesn't have to be such a dramatic drop-off. And that's what we really experienced. Really experienced. So, you know... Although I do have to say, when people like Seedorf want to speak about management, they can shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. He, he's piped up, hasn't he, this week? You know, yeah. there's no need. Mr. You know, he's very. I remember when Milan won the league and there was all those black and white photos taken, yeah? And. And he was the one, he was like doing a point in the, at the camera and all this and looking like Mr. Billy Big Bollocks, as we say in the UK. Yeah. Uh, and it just was, it just reeked to me of you arrogant sod, right? And then when he had the coaching job, he was not good. It made no sense. The tactics made no sense. So shut up. Just shut up. There's no. You can have your opinion, but yeah. don't go provoking the coach. Yeah, you know it doesn't. It doesn't help anything, does it? It doesn't yeah. help anything. Right. So you know. Anyway, there you go. Sorry. That's a, no, I don't apologise. That's fine. Absolutely, you're absolutely spot on. Um, any more questions? Yeah. So I'm just going through the ones which Greg sent quite a few. Okay. We'll do this one. Based on the few appearances this season, uh, Yassine Adley has arguably offered more or at least matched at both ends of the pitch what Krunic has. And when Krunic returns, will this alter Pioli's opinion of both players? Um, uh, I'll take this really quickly. We kind of addressed this in the other podcast, but I think Adley will give Pioli a bit of a headache now because if he doesn't play him and Krunic comes back and doesn't perform, um, it's going to give it's going to give Pioli a massive headache. So I think I think Adley is going to become indispensable. I think he's going to become much more of a regular feature. There is a, a follow up. I mean, Greg sent quite a few. Greg, thanks very much. But by the way, if you're going to send questions, just say love the podcast. That'll that'll really uh, make yeah. stand out a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Follow on Spotify. Uh, follow on Spotify as well, Greg. Please. Yeah, follow on Spotify. Star rating. Come on, mate. Retweet. Retweets yeah. appreciated. Yeah. That's just do all the all the above. All the above. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he also says when where, where do you see Benacer fitting back into the squad when he returns? And that is the interesting question based on the four three three tactics that Pioli plays, because playing Benacer and Adley together wouldn't make a lot of sense. No. So you've got to change the tactics 
if you want to play the pair of them together. And I don't think it would be tolerated if he ends up back on the bench. If Adley ends up back on the bench. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's an interesting one. I think he's got to switch to a 3-5-2 at that point. Or a 3-1-4-1 a weird formation, but it makes sense in my head. Um, where that one is either Adley or Benacer, and in the four, it's either Adley or Benacer. Yeah. Well, you've, got to bring balance yeah. The team. you've got to bring you've got to bring physicality. So you've got to play a Loftus cheek or a Rinders. I think that means that Pulisic isn't a guaranteed starter. And I think that it really kind of means, well, what about Okafor, Chukawuze, and Musa? That right hand side, something's got to be done there. Because if you're playing a three, you're not going to play Calabria, you're going to play a Kalulu. Yeah. Lorenzi yeah. doesn't get a call. Do you see what I mean? It's a it's a bit of a we've kind of got a little bit overbalanced on the right hand side because our right hand side's been so shocking for so many years. Then all of a sudden we've got the players for a right hand side. It, it, it's it's a little disjointed, but anyway, I think that I think that's a, a thing um, moving forwards. And the final one, really, from from Greg, that I'm gonna say just just, just quickly, sorry, sorry. Um, sorry. I had a I had a question from at PC underscore Rossoneri, who are the Swedish um, Rossoneri podcast group. Okay, shout out, shout out to them, but you've literally answered it for them already. They asked, "Do we play a four two three one or a four three three? So just a shout out to them, Gino. You've already answered it without even knowing. So, <laughs> all right, well, so all right, guys, I'll give yours a listen later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, awesome. So yeah, sorry, Gino, carry on. Um, the, the, yeah, Greg did send, like I said, quite a few, but the one which interests me is given Cardinale's ambition plans, uh, ambitions and plans for building of the new stadium. What's your prediction for the club's future over the next five seasons or so? Oh, that's a that's another very good question. That's a really good question. And one, which I don't think, I don't think, I can't think, I don't think you can look at five seasons because that basically means 10 years, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 So crystal balling 10 years is going to be near on impossible. I do see a very young Milan squad. And I do see a Milan squad where right now, I think the average age, if you take Giroud out of it and Florenzi out of it, you've got an average age of about 23. So the ambition of your own stadium is actually the most important thing rather than ambition on the pitch. Because your ambition on the state of your own stadium basically means you know where your income stream's coming from. Because right now, and this is the problem in the Italian game, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, is it 90% of stadiums are owned by the council? Okay. Yeah, th yeah, most of them. You are right. Yeah, I think a lot of them are. Yeah, they're owned by the council, which basically means that the ticket revenue, only a percentage of ticket revenue goes to the club. So, the whole idea behind this is, if you look at what Udinese, Sassuolo, and Juventus have got, and those are the only ones in in Syria in in the top leagues. I think Avellino is owned by uh, by by its by the club itself. It's not owned by the. Um, um, Council and there, there are one or two others around the, the the peninsula, but basically, when you want to own your own stadium, it means you own your own image rights as well. 
full, full stop. You don't have to pay out to counsel. So really what Cardinal is doing is he's trying to secure the financial future of Milan in a way that also then makes it a much more sellable asset. Okay. Um, that being said, what then does, what does that mean then on the pitch? Well, the fact that you can keep Leal when there are massive money offers coming in, I think also goes to show the ambition that they're trying to do with the players that they have brought in, in this last window. And keep them, you know, up to their prime. You know, up to and including their prime. So you're going to get certain players who I can see being there for a bit more of a longer term rather than a quick sale and a turnaround on that. Yeah. yeah. Teo Hernandez just turned 26 the other day. Um, would Teo want to go to the Premier League? I can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, I, I could see him wanting to go probably back to Real Madrid to show prove something. But then again, if you've got one of the world's best left-hand side attackers and you're playing football with him, why would you want to... You know, so really, for me, it's the stadium gives you the financial opportunity in the future, which makes you also much more... Um, which can, which can give you ambitions for Champions League again and hosting Champions League finals, which again brings in revenue streams, which again then says, well, we're the club team, we're the host team, we're the, you know, that's going to want to play the Champions League final in our own stadium. And for people that follow American football, you know, like when the Rams did it, great. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a big question, but overall, I think... I think Cardinale has realised he can't come out with some of the dumb shit that he says. Which yeah. is what he was doing last season. And even in the summer. And actually, if you notice, he's paired a lot of stuff back and he's, and he's been to one or two games. And I think what that is, is like somebody, really, it's the people that he's got there that are saying, you know you need to show your face a bit more. You know you, know you can't just have a, a conversation with, you know, Corriere dello Sport without having one of us present. And I think that's starting to show. So wait and see on that one. What yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, all I would add is the ambition of Milan will be, always be much higher than the ambition of Serie A. And the way that Serie A is run, its marketing streams, the bureaucracy will hold back teams in Serie A. And I think that will be the biggest barrier or one of the biggest barriers to us where we'll be in five years. Yeah. Um, when I think of it, I think, will Cardinale even still own Milan? Would he have sold it on by then? Because he might have hit to a point where he thinks, I'm not going to make any money out of this or any more money because of where I'm limited through Serie A and Italy. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing I'd add. But you're spot on, Gino. I couldn't agree with, I, I couldn't agree with you more with everything else. Um, absolutely great take as usual. As per usual, the, the wiseness of Deal Gino comes through. <laughs> I've got one, I've got one from Michelangelo uh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. So is Chukuze será un flop or verá fuori ai suoi livelli del, del passato? So will he be a flop or will he show us what he could what he used to do in the past? What do you think? Uh, too early to tell. Precisely. That's all I'm gonna say, yeah. Yeah, too early to tell. He's hardly played. He's not played enough games. We're not doing the CD, uh, CDK thing again here. We just need to wait. He's a right winger being played right wing. Um, he'll get his chances and he'll score his goals. I'm sure of it. 
we just need to be patient. Um, not every new transfer can hit the ground running. Uh, so we just need to give him some time. I think he's just not played enough yet to be to be able to give a proper answer, if that makes sense. I mean, I, I, I genuinely, I think like if you if you take what what he's done so far, I don't think he's done badly. Okay, I think yeah. I think based on the amount of playing time that he's had, it's it's like you say, way too early to tell. Fundamentally. I think the formation has to change. So shout out to the to the pod guys in uh, in Sweden. Um, four three three does not suit this balance of team at all. It just doesn't. No. Uh, or you'd almost have to say a three four three, right? With that attacking power that you've got, because in that four you've got to put Hernandez on the left hand side, right? So it's almost like. It almost kind of weirdly becomes a three-three-four. Now that is hyper aggressive. Okay, that's the kind of but that's not uncommon in modern football. It's just not. You've got to look at sometimes what City ends up doing. They some you know they're doing three-six. You know, the three ones, you know, you, you, you know, the amount of plays that they just push forwards and have that high press. It's a very Zeman esque football. So, you know, if you, if taking the Chukawese thing, if he's on the right hand side, well, if you've got Loftus Cheek and Musa behind him, again, you've then got to think, well, where does Benesser and Adley fit into this? You've got to you've got to find a way to fit those guys in, and then also your punta, your number, you know, your number nine. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. you've again, there's a little. This goes back to, I don't think Pioli knows what his best team is, and that's where I think the criticism does come in. He doesn't know what his best team is. The second that that all kind of nails together, he then knows what best formation he's got. But I do not see Milan sticking with a four-man defence for for much longer, especially with Theo Tomori, and if Kalulu stays. You know, yeah. was the talk of trying to get rid of Kalulu? I would never get rid of Kalulu. No, 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 no. No, you're right. Yeah, and and so just the last question I've got, Gino, what? and then we'll move on to. We'll do Botidad in Canoli because we have we have gone on a while, haven't we? We have. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry don't, to all the listeners. No, no, no. Don't apologise if they're here. That means they love it. If they're still here, that means they really love it. Yeah. And if um, you're still here and you uh, DM me, I'll send you a flake. There you go. <laughs> That's a great idea. Um, so I had I had one question, and it's from, and we can answer this one really quickly. Yeah. It's from at Pastore ninety one. And he says, would you start Okafor or Giroud? My answer, you start the one in form. So whoever's in form starts. That's the whole point of depth. So at this moment, it should be Okafor because he scored two in two. Uh, and Giroud hasn't scored for a while. Although Giroud has scored and assisted a few, he has got some penalties and stuff in there. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you think, Gina? 100% yeah, agree with you. Good. Yeah, 100%. Good. That's, well, it's nice when we agree. 
It's quite it's nice. It's, yeah. We do agree more than we disagree. Yeah, we yeah. we have yeah, very yeah. similar. It's a good um, relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so look, I'll, I'll end. We'll end now with Canelli and Botted Adam. Um, so my my Canelli of the week at Adley, um, and the storm on Twitter. I love it. I absolutely. I love, love it. it. Love I it. Lo- I love the crying. I love the moaning. I love the heaven forbid you should say he's better than someone else. Heaven forbid. Um, that makes me laugh. I love every second of it. Um, I, lo- I love the fact that we are unbeaten. So this is my other Canoli. Unbeaten since in turn, we've only conceded two goals. So that's that's yeah. another Canoli for me. Another Canoli for me is Newcastle beating PSG 4-1. Because for however much money Newcastle have, they haven't spent anywhere near what PSG have uh, to have the team they have. And to smash them 4-1 at mm. St. Andrews Park must have been mm-hmm. fantastic for Newcastle and for the fans. And a bit of a middle finger up to uh, PSG. Yeah. Uh, so that, they're my Canelli. My bottom idea this week are Rangers is shooting. Um, boy needs to be put in front of a goal. He needs yeah. to ball past him. He needs to smash it towards the goal for 100 times a day until mm-hmm. he next plays. Um, but that's not to take anything away from him. That's just to talk about his shooting. Um, the two nil-nil draws in the Champions League and having not scored a goal. That's for me another real bottom idea. It's like a big yeah. whack on the back of the head. Uh, and then my last one, and again, I don't want to go into it too much, but the World Cup host news for 2019. Oh. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. So, so Morocco, Portugal and Spain mm. win the bid. Fine. That's okay. That's good. That's nice. Three good, you know, three countries get to host it. Great for Morocco as well. Um, but the first three games are going to be played in Uruguay, Argentina and Paraguay. Yeah. Why? What the hell? Mm. What? Why are we doing things like that? Mm. We're talking about saving the climate. We're talking about making football accessible. We're talking about resting the place so you get the best possible game you can. So we're going to make them play in two continents over potentially four or five days. And we're going to... Why? Why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. Um, so there's my cannoli and my bottle that here. What, what have you got for me this week? So cannoli, definitely Adley. Um, fantastic. And uh, the fact that all the crying on Twitter... It is just, uh, it's just salted tears by people that have never watched a game of football in their lives. Um, the the other one, really for me, Tomori really performing, really growing up and really doing a great job. Really, really good job. And, and also uh, Musa, who is surprising me more and more, is so young, He's showing he's got great feet, great ability. Um, that ball he whipped in in that Calgary game. Oh, my God. You know, you know he's got that in his bag as well. So those three are the cannolis, the Botidaria. I, I mean, the, the, the World Cup thing hadn't even come across my mind until you've now just said it. <laughs> it, it makes me laugh because... You know, everybody was complaining, myself included, about a, a, a winter World Cup, which turned out to be actually a really good World Cup, although Italy weren't in it. And that's I put that squarely on Mancini, by the way. Um, even though he won us, the Europeans, I put the, the, the not qualifying on him. Um, but, but the point about that was, do you know what? The reason why it works so well is because commentators could get to each stadium walking okay they they were never more than half an hour away from the other the other stadium because it's such a small country yeah yeah um 
yes, human rights violations, everything else about it, completely abhorrent, would never host a World Cup there again. Uh, amazingly, all the people that were whinging and crying about it, such as many BBC presenters, had nothing to say about it when it was in Russia, which had only yeah. annexed Crimea a few years earlier. So their, um, their tears can go into a bucket of, I don't care, you hypocrites. Um, so that that is a real disappointment, really, this World Cup announcement. Um, and the other one is just, I mean, you know, I just want to give a round of applause, really, to Skriniar, uh, however you say his name, Milan Skriniar, however you, you say it, the ex-Inter player. Just, yeah. you know, fantastic. You are rubbish. <laughs> you are rubbish. I love it. I love how you... And um, Hakimi, the other one, you know, just two X into players absolutely failing at uh, PSG against Newcastle. Couldn't couldn't happen to nicer people. And on that I'm, one, I'm a hundred percent with you. Love it. I love every second of it. There you go. Right, guys, we'll we'll end it on that then. So um, you can follow me on X uh, at Lombardia Max Capital M Capital M. You can follow me on Insta, Max underscore Lombardia, and you can follow me on YouTube at Maxi Lombardia. So thank you guys so much for tonight. Uh, Gino, do you want to add anything? Do you want to put a plug in there for you? Yeah. Um, listen, follow me on uh, X at Gino de Blas. And uh, if you click on the little link that I've got in there, I've got a, a little sub stack. So if anybody is listening and is still listening to me, there's a, a sub stack completely free. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind following it, that'd be great. But apart from that, have a lovely day and evening, all of you. Fantastic. Forza Milan, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheers, mate. He just disappears. I love